0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. And, man, coming up in about 20 minutes, the Black Widow, Jeanette Lee. But now it's time for Mike asks all the football questions.
0: All right, I go to the Minnesota Vikings to start off, because I know later in the show we're talking about San Francisco, so I didn't want to include any type of Brock Purdy, San Francisco, where they're at, questions. Impressive as hell, though, right? Yes, and I think Cowboys are in trouble if they play. Um, I mean Justin, I think we thought
2: that before, too, though. I mean, yeah. you would hope that it would fall off, but I think we all thought San Francisco is going to be tough out.
0: I hope we play the Vikings at some point. <laughs> me, me too. Justin Jefferson has exactly fifteen hundred yards. He needs hundred and twenty-five more yards per game if he because okay if he can get that two thousand he gets to two thousand yards. Do you believe that Justin Jefferson gets to two thousand receiving yards this year?
1: I think I do. I think I do because he'd be that'd be the record and he'd be the first guy. I want
2: to see what their schedule is real quick because I know they're going to go at him, but there may be that one matchup that just does not suit him well. And will he be playing against the Bears on the last game of the season? You know, because are they going to need that? Are Are they going to look at it the same way and say, we need that? Or are they going to say... Because they might still be chasing Philly or yeah. whatever the case or might be. Or maybe they're just sitting there going, "We won the our tough division." Tough thing about that
0: is they're three games back with four to play because they don't have the tiebreaker because of head-to-head. Yeah. So I don't think Philly is catchable for yeah. them anymore. So maybe
1: they don't need it. Yeah. That. So uh, may, like, it, I how they much need to fend off the Niners? How maybe? much do you
2: want that prize? You know, do you want to be able to to put that down and potentially risk being injured in the playoffs? Because uh, that that is something that you got to think about whenever you're chasing something like that. So, I think if he has a really good game against the Colts, we'll start thinking more about it uh, in the next week against the Giants.
0: Did you both say yes to two thousand? I say yes. I don't think so. Okay, just like I think it's too, I think I
2: just think it's too tough. Where it, do you think he lands?
0: I think he I think that last it's going to be interesting. Let's say he's ninety yards away or a hundred yards away going into the last game, but they have nothing to play for. They've yeah. won the division. Yeah. Do you because I'm sure he would want 2,000, but then do you risk like you risk Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson out there that he needs to catch the ball six to 10 times to get his hundred something yards to get to 2,000? To be not right, right? Isn't that tough to do? Because I would say that's not a smart thing to do, uh, in this situation because we're about to have to play a game on Saturday or Sunday, uh, in the playoffs. So I say no, but let's just go with the hypothetical of yes, okay. Where would you put him in MVP voting if he's the first ever 2,000-yard receiver in an NFL season? Because I'm trying to think. Do you put
1: him third? But somebody immediately was like, yeah, but it's 17 games, so it's not the same, which I feel like they're going to have to get that stigma. I think he would finish third then.
0: Behind, like, Hurts and Mahomes. Mahomes, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then... What
2: are his his touchdown numbers? Six That's right
0: now it's six. Not, he's not going to oh. win the triple crown. He's one catch behind. I believe Tyreek Hill has a hundred, and Justin Jefferson has ninety nine. So he he might be able to win both of those yeah, categories. But not touchdown. He's going to win the the most likely he'll win the yards.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just I look at it, my Mike, and I know the quarterback position is so important, but man, the top four receivers in the NFL right now are all really close in lots yeah. of different categories. And two of them, the three and four guys, they may have less yards, but they have more touchdowns by far. Like it's They have half the uh, – double the touchdowns in these guys. So I still kind of have them in the four window, four-five window before they even make that – crack that top three.
0: Last night, Kyler Murray's season ended. I don't know when he'll be back next year, yeah. right? That's always the deal of how quick can you come back. We're seeing that Odell Beckham Jr. is going to take at least a year yeah. pretty much, and that's why the Cowboys – didn't decide to really go after him does kyler murray's injury and his contract status affect lamar jackson's future
1: i think it does i and i get if you're lamar you're like it shouldn't but i think it does what i'm
2: frustrated i, I like your question my question to it and what i'm frustrated about is that it i don't know how much it'll affect cliff kingsbury's future like he has 4 games left without his his stud quarterback if he wins these 4 games with somebody else do they look at it and go oh wow we had a completely different situation on our hands uh because clearly cliff can do something with some spare quarterback i don't and if they lose they're just like ah well you know it was a rough season i don't know exactly how that stands i don't think cliff belongs there anymore but i don't think i don't know if it's going to affect his future in a in a negative way, as I think it should.
0: Lamar Jackson plays the next five years for who? I'm gonna say.
1: Jets. Ooh, hmm, I'm kind of intrigued by that. I'm gonna say the Ravens, but I don't feel super great about that.
0: Okay. Certain, I think just think they're going to trade him. I think they're going to shop him around. Like if he did the Cause franchise. they can franchise and, yeah. tag him, and he's not going to want to play for that. And then that gets to be a whole debacle. And they're pretty much saying, we don't want you long term. Do you so, have a
1: spot in mind that you think he I think the might-
0: Jets could be a great place. I think Washington, after winning, most likely Washington's going to win, let's say, nine games. Let's okay. just say they go two and two to finish the year. So you win nine games, you go nine, seven, and one with Heineke and yeah. Wentz. Well, what could I do with Lamar Jackson? Yeah. And so I could see Washington or I could see the Jets uh really going after him. I'm sure there's other teams i I thought about this too.
2: Houston? No.
0: Would would there be a trade where you wouldn't have to give up really much draft picks? If you traded him to San Francisco and you said, we'll give you Trey Lance and we'll give you like, we'll give you other things. We'll give you some draft picks too, but you almost have to eliminate a first round pick if I'm giving you Trey Lance. I have to go
1: back and check on that. I thought since he'll be out of contract, it would have to be via the franchise portal where you have to give okay. up the two first rounds. But uh, I'm not, okay. but I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent on right. that. There's a portal in the NFL
2: not, too. Not
0: that. Not that wow. like
1: college, not like the college portal.
2: That
0: leads me to my next question. Right. My accent because, you know, Baker Mayfield loved that portal in college. He did. Who's the Rams quarterback in 2023? I think it's Baker. Oh,
2: yeah. I mean, I don't think I don't think uh, I think Stafford's done anyway. I think he needs to retire. I think he should have ridden his horse out into the sunset after he won with the Rams Super Bowl. But I also think he thought I have to come back and you know show it wasn't a fluke kind of ordeal. But I think that he can stick around with the Rams if they and they'll be fine with it.
1: That. I'm going to say Stafford. These are good questions because I'm going to say Stafford, but I don't feel like super pumped about that answer either. I don't know if he will retire. I'm with you about perhaps he should, but I don't know. Yeah, I know. think he should. All right. He's made a lot of money. Are you going back to Stafford or do you think Baker?
0: I think that they need to rebuild. <laughs> Just I think they all. need to trade everything yeah. they have and go into a three-year being yeah. bad at football to try to be good at football again. Terrence Steele's injury sounding worse and worse by the kind of, I'll say hour, obviously it's the next day for us, but it's starting to sound like there's issues about him being ready for next season, that there's a good chance. He's not going to be ready to start week one. And I don't know when he's going to start. So if Terrence Steele is out for half of next season, what do the Cowboys do with him and his contract? And I know this is a layered question, and then do the Cowboys really need to look hard at drafting another offensive tackle in the 1st or 2nd round?
2: Absolutely. Mike, this is the question you asked to, to when Tyron went down. Yeah. You're like, "Hey, they're they have to draft a tackle now." And they're this is a tough situation to be in. I think they have to unless they get the reps for Josh Ball throughout the rest of the remainder of the season here and feel like, "Okay, he's he's growing up." Uh because I I mean I don't think Josh Ball, with what we saw, is ready yet to take over that spot.
0: I wonder if this helps with the contract in that other teams aren't going to get as much medical as the Cowboys do through this surgery, through part of the rehab, that other teams might go, Dude, I can I don't know if I can give him 13 or 14 million dollars a year if we don't really know that knee's going to come back great where the Cowboys right. will have an idea about the knee. Do you think then
1: that they would consider not saying should? Do you think they would consider throwing Smith and Smith as their tackles?
0: Moving Tyler over I to the assume? other side?
2: Man, but I think Kevin that They, comes with its own they know as we know. And I know I think they do. I don't think they're blind to this anymore. That they can't just say Tyron's there. Yeah. So they have to have a a plan at swing tackle or backup there.
0: There's been a rumor for two years, and he hasn't done it yet, but there's once again the rumor that as soon as the season's over, Tyron Smith's retiring. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but if he retires on you because of the wear and tear on his body and he has plenty of money in his life, he doesn't have to keep doing this. Because you wouldn't go with –
1: like, I heard Jerry this morning is like, oh, we trust Jason Peters to go 60-70 staffs. There's no way you would be like, that's our right tackle for the season.
2: Or, or Mike, they might
1: do what they typically do and
2: sign like a $2 million right tackle and free agency. And be I like, could see that. You're like, it's nothing that's going to make you feel yeah. great. But they're like, we got it filled. And then they go into the draft going, we got everything we filled. We don't have a need. And then they pick a player and you're like, okay.
0: If you only had $12 million to spend on one player this offseason, would you spend it on Tony Pollard or Steele? Oh, Golly. man. Son
2: of
1: a gun, Mike.
2: I mean, there's, there's, they're, they're both question. free agents.
0: I know they're different free agents, but they're both free agents. And if I don't know.
1: Is this as a one-off or a multi-year deal?
0: I think you're looking at probably both of them. I think Pollard's going to get a four-year deal. If you let right. him go, I think he's going to get four for like 48 to 60000000 million. I'm taking Steele then.
1: That's a good. That's still really for like nine or question. ten, though. With the injury, because we were talking about yesterday, is Mike was thinking maybe fifteen, and I did not know if it would be closer to twelve. I'm honestly not sure yeah. how this does with any of that.
0: It just matters how much the salary structures go up. I looked at like the top five guys that are right tackles are right around your top guys are like fourteen to fifteen, and then your guys that are like the fifth best are like. 12.5 so you're looking at if you okay. think that they're a great right tackle you're looking at somewhere between 12.5 and 15 million left tackles are 20 million and yeah. more for your top top guys who are you so, picking who are you picking
2: i'm gonna say pollard give me some more actually i think i can draft oh my gosh <laughs> i trust will mcclay so i'm gonna say go draft me a, go draft me an offensive lineman and I'll, I'll pay you the money for the guy that scores
0: okay you could always, I guess, franchise tag Pollard, but that doesn't help your salary structure much. That is true. Do you
1: think they would franchise him? Man, that's, I'm, a, I'm really know. stuck on this question.
0: This is really I, good. Because if if you sign both of them, I think you are looking at around 23 to $26 million a year total in both of those yeah. guys. And I don't know if the Cowboys have that money available. Unless I know they, you can do it. Yeah. But,
2: but you, should you? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. my gosh. Dude, look at how many people they're about to lose in free agency. You got Vander Esch, Fowler, Brown, uh, Schultz, Barr, Peters, Goodwin, Hankins, McQuaid, Noah Brown, James Washington, Carlos Watkins. I think Schultz is going to leave. So you think they tag Cooper Rush? I do not. Tag Maher? I do All right. not. All right,
0: fine. Who has the best plus minus in the AFC South oh my and God. the NFC South? I want to say just on the structure the of NFC the question. Either, you have two answers here. I'm asking you two questions in one question. Okay. You want to say it's Jacksonville for the one? I
2: think Jacksonville, if I remember correctly, they were, they're like flat. I think they have a zero.
0: Corey's correct. They have the best plus minus. <laughs> At in, a zero? In all the Souths. <laughs> Oh both of them and both of them they're the only team that doesn't have a negative <laughs> in the afc and nfc south they're at they're at the exact same amount of points <laughs> scored versus the amount the exact same amount of points have given up so when you look at this so none of the souths have a positive nope. what is do you know wow. tampa's hot fan i mean i know it's 30 negative. something oh my god negative 30 <laughs> something amazing. atlanta is the best at negative 24 in the south <laughs> i just pulled it up it's negative <laughs> 30 for tampa negative yeah. 30 for carolina negative 24 for atlanta and negative 32 for the saints in the in that's the amazing. afc south it's negative 35 for tennessee it's zero for jacksonville it's negative 89 uh for the colts and minus 103 for the houston texans <laughs> so no team in the south that's amazing. Is a positive where if you look at the AFC East and the NFC East, this is surprising, honestly. The Commanders and the Giants are both negatives.
3: Even are though they're they? wow.
0: both 7-5-1, and one, the Commanders are minus 3 in point differential, and the Giants are minus 33, which might give you a little bit of look into Detroit when you talk about Detroit. They're a positive 2 on the year. I, I wonder about them is all. And the Vikings are a negative 1. <laughs> they're 10-3. That's pretty amazing. All right. Uh, I last- wonder if that's
1: the best record ever with a negative point differential.
0: Last football question after watching Tom Brady go back to his hometown of San Francisco. (laughs) And I think he was wearing pampers because he crapped the bed multiple times. Facts. Will he retire at the end of this year? No. I don't think so either. He said this thing,
1: I think we talked about like two weeks ago. Where he said it's better to be in the game and lose than to not be in the game at all. I have taken that to mean he's going to continue to play.
2: He just loves he loves being around it. Like he he's like if I can stand, I like being around players. I like being around competition. That's just what he is. So as long as he can walk, I think that guy is going to keep playing. What do you think?
0: I think he's going to. I think somehow if he's divorced now and yeah. there's nobody to go home to, there's there's I know that he has the job waiting for him at Fox. But if there's literally nobody to go yeah, home to right. now about that. is that he might go, you know what? I want to be the first ever quarterback to go to 50. Now, I don't know if Tampa wants to do that. OK, because they've they've kind of put themselves in a little bit of cap hell right. to try to. And they did win it all. So, yeah. I mean, it worked out for them. Not only did they win it all, they made the playoffs last year. It looks like they're going to somehow make the playoffs, and I hope, and I really think the Cowboys will win by double digits in that first playoff game. Me too. But it looks like they're going to go three for three in making the playoffs and win a Super Bowl. That being said, I don't know if Tampa Bay looks at their team next year and go, if we keep Tom Brady, we're going to win it. Hell, Tom Brady didn't think they could win it. He tried to go to the Miami Dolphins. That is very true. So I think Tom Brady does play next year, but not for Tampa Bay. Okay.
1: With the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Excellent. Mike asks all the football questions. Coming up next, we will talk with Billiard, Billiard's legend and the star of a new 30 for 30 tonight, the Black Widow, Jeanette Lee, next right here on The Fan.
0: Baseball is back,
3: and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
2: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
3: You have 47 new voicemails.
2: Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Fancy Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. And right now with us, The star of the new 30 for 30, the black widow of billiards, it's Jeanette Lee. How are you doing today?
3: I am doing great. I'm doing great. I'm really excited about this documentary um, because I just got diagnosed with stage 4 ovarian cancer last year. And, you know, that changes you. It changes you, and you think about your life. And so to have an opportunity to have ESPN send words and pictures to, to come and, you know, work on this film with me, something that's documented, something that my children and grandchildren will always get to see. It was the greatest gift during the hardest time of my life.
2: I'll say this, this morning as I was watching that, and, you know, obviously 14-year-old me. Uh, you got
1: to see it early? Yeah, I, I did oh. get to see it.
2: I did get to put my eyes on it. 14-year-old me obviously was flipping through ESPN. I was like, hold on, what's going on right now? And there you are. And, like, that changed the way everybody looked at Poole. But then I see – I don't think I've ever cried, Jeanette, watching one of these documentaries. And I was wondering, did you expect those emotions to to come over you whenever, uh, whenever you were going Not through this all. process?
3: No, I, th- I just thought they were telling my story. But the way that they told it, it was so genuine. It, it was just – they really, really went out of their way to get to know me, you know, and really understand. And there's so much more, I can't wait to write a book. <laughs> but
0: it's,
3: but it, it, they did a great job, honestly. I'm very proud of, of what Ursula Yang and Words and Pictures did and that ESPN has continued to support me even, even now. I mean, throughout my whole career. They did ESPN too, but they also did Black Widow Marathon Weekends. ESPN Classics, they did that quite a few times. John Skipper was a good fan and friend. And um, to feel the support now, it it couldn't have come at a better time.
1: I thought the emotion in the documentary was such a cool comparison to, at times, you were, you know, very focused and icy and cold, like, out there on the table. And that's one of the things so many am focus competitive No, I loved it in the best possible way. I was yes. like, "Man, that that person that she's playing is going to lose because she looks like there's nobody who can beat her today." And that was one of the things I think so many people gravitated to. Not just the glove, the black is like, "You cannot beat her today."
3: Just <laughs> <You're> so funny. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Did you did you
2: know when you were playing, that you were intimidating other players, or did you did you or viewers or, or or viewers did you know that you were you were an intimidating force on the pool table?
3: I will tell you truly, you know, hand hand to God, I promise, I had no idea. Wow, <laughs> I didn't care. All I cared about was getting the title, winning that tournament. I didn't care about the prize money. I didn't care who I had to play, who I had to beat. I was just constantly focused on preparing for my next match, being present in my next match, and then staying focused and time how much I eat or whatever till my next match, so that I'm in the right place for the next match. And that I just continued on. I never thought about what people think about me during the matches or during that. So if I was intimidating, I I really never thought about it. I did hear a couple of pros, especially one, Hmm. that would say, oh, well, she just does that to her face um, so that she can intimidate her opponents, but I'm not intimidated. And I'm like, I have pointy eyebrows, so when I bend (laughs) down, they look a certain way because my eyes need to look up. And it just so happens to look mean. But I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> you know, I could care less what you think. Did but, yeah, some people think that I, I did everything I did as a black widow to become, how can I be intimidating? Mm-hmm. But, actually, it was just the genuine me, but the competitive side to me. And in terms of people saying that I had a presence then I had this, that's all luck. I, I can't take any credit for that. I can't even get, take credit for the Black Widow nickname. It was the room owner, Gabe Vigorito, out of Howard Beach Billiard Club, who I've never seen again, which is a shame because it, it closed down. Wow. But he named me the Black Widow. He said, I lured my opponents to the table and eat them alive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And what I
3: found is men love having a woman in stilettos break their balls. And they come back for more. It's great. Okay. It's, it's just, It never gets old. It's true.
1: <laughs> so so I'm, I'm glad that you, asked, you, you mentioned that. And because I was curious, and this kind of gets touched upon like in the lead up to the documentary and the documentary itself. But I don't want to discount, obviously, your skill or anything like that. But did you think that there was any element of, like, you know, kind of sex appeal happening there that helped drive you even further? Just in terms of notoriety, not skill.
3: Right, right, right. I definitely, when I first started playing pool and first started on the tour, I tried to dress like them. You know, it was pretty much all white. And then I was an Asian. There was one other person that was Asian. And when I got there, everyone was wearing, you know, silk blouses and pleated slacks and, you know, very, very not me. I'm from New York, I wear a lot of black, I'm Asian American, you know, black is our color, you know, in New York it anyway, and uh, I tried to dress like them and I just really felt so uncomfortable, and then at one point I just said, you know what, forget it, I'm going to be me, because they treated me so badly, they did not welcome me coming in out of the blues, starting winning championships, getting all this attention, that the women generally did not get before, and um, I was not having a great time. But eventually, eventually I earned their respect. They got to know me, and and things got better.
2: Do you think you had more fun playing in the pool halls when you were learning and growing or whenever you actually were competing against the other women?
3: Ooh. No one's asked me that question before. Good I did. It. I did it. Um. Wow. That's a tough one. I, I want to do this quickly. I know we don't have a ton <laughs> of time, but I, I.
2: There's a lot I, there. I mean, yeah.
3: Yeah. When you're when you're on TV, and you are you've got your adrenaline going, and <laughs> you feel equipped to destroy. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> yes. It's so, like, invigorating and exciting, and it's a thing that most people never get to feel because they won't enter the arena, you know? And I always tell people, you know, you can't – well, anyway, it doesn't matter. But I was very very excited to just play pool, but when I was at home playing in all these A and B tournaments and C tournaments, I was – I could see my game getting better by my finishes every week and I think constantly playing in all of these local tournaments when I was a C player and then I moved up to the B player and the A players and I also always played in one of the if I was a C I would also play in the B tournaments Uh-oh. because I always wanted to get seasoned with playing with people that are better than me yeah and taking that on and not having that you know um affect me and make me nervous and things like that. So by the time I got on a professional tour, I was unafraid. I respected the women. I certainly learned to respect people and respect the game, but I was not intimidated at all because I was so used to getting a beat down in New York by the best <laughs> men players. <laughs> you know, In the world, a lot of them traveled through New York. There's a lot of money in New York, a lot of fish to grab. So a lot of pool, pool pros and pool hustlers alike would come through or do trick shot exhibitions and things like that. Well, they were both so fun. So it would just be.
1: We sorry. So we because I know I know know you're on a schedule. We appreciate your time so much, Jeanette Lee. Versus, it's going to be 7 p.m. Central. Here in the Metroplex tonight, and then you can catch it on ESPN Plus immediately after the airing. Thank you so much for jumping on with us.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hope I talk to you again soon.
2: Oh, absolutely. Hey, best of luck, Jeanette.
1: Thank you. Fancy hey, masterpiece right here on oh, level 5-3. Cut fan that off, Joey. Yep, yep. <laughs> is hey guess what we recorded that earlier we did record is, that earlier loved it. Uh, and she was on a she was on a tight schedule and we only had you know such so you an amount of time off you just were hey, like hey
2: stop talking i feel you need
1: to go i feel really bad about that i wish she would have been like you know what and like turned to the pr person who's like monitoring these uh-huh. calls and said we don't need to do that next interview in Tupelo. Let's just go ahead and keep it right here. Well, I'll th- I'll
2: throw two things out. I know for a fact that after we got done with that interview, Kevin, that the people she was around loved it. Yeah, like the, and they said that she yes. she loved the interview too. So she, I, I just thought we saw a woman on TV that was like this this specific character. And ESPN did a, an amazing job in that era, Kevin, of building poker players and pool players, all sorts of different characters out of these fringe sports. And she became a legendary character. But then talking to her, seeing this documentary, and it's going to be airing tonight, you said.
1: Seven o'clock on ESPN.
2: Seeing it all, like, she's different. And that's something that, like, it it brings a tear to my eye to know what she's going through uh, right now. Because, like, her spirit's awesome, man. So, best of luck to her and everything forward here, man. And
1: I would love to have the opportunity to talk with her again. Yes. So, we will see how that goes.
2: I got a question real quick. Mike. You were out yesterday at the Toy Drive, correct?
0: Yes, the Texas Rangers Toy Drive. Did did And you
2: signed autographs. I did. All right. Did you make a million dollars signing autographs yesterday?
0: A little less.
2: Okay. Tomorrow. If you
0: take off the one. That's how much I made. Okay, all right. Because
2: you were doing it to help at yes. this yeah. charity drive. Tomorrow, we're going to be at the, the Diamond Factory, <laughs> which I believe is 13719 Omega Road. If people come in there and want a Mike Bassick snap autograph,
0: I did sign one snap yesterday.
2: Yes! Oh my gosh. Yes! Will you sign snap autographs in the, Kevin's face tomorrow? Yeah. At Diver's Factory. <laughs> I do. I, I do.
0: S N AAA.: I Nice. P.
2: Look,
1: Mike, I will tell you this. What's I'm,
2: going on at Diamond Factory tomorrow? Okay, right? I will
0: tell you, but I will also tell you this,
1: Mike. We were arguing earlier, but you'll always have the advantage on me because you have the snap. So you'll always have the advantage on me over that. Also, yep. tomorrow, because
0: of our show... We made out during the break. <laughs> made
2: we, up. It was hot.
0: Thank you for... No, not what you just said. Is I like it hot. We talked about it oh earlier. God. Coffee.
1: Is tomorrow Diamond Factory... Because of us, we'll be giving away an autographed Dak Prescott helmet.
2: Oh, you can come to to where we are in your face, Cooper. Rush. Hang out, look at beautiful <laughs> diamonds. If you want to buy a diamond for if he wants a to family come by, member, we'll facilitate that, maybe. Derek Holland's gonna be with us tomorrow for the whole show. For the show, uh, I'm sure he'll take a picture with you. Him, he, he and Michael take a picture. Kevin, we gotta offer something. We got two pro baseball players, yeah. at Diamond Factory with us tomorrow. Plus, we're uh, Diamond Factory is giving away the Dak Prescott helmet. Yeah, what are we throwing out there, dude? Like we got, we'll hug like you. Like you and I, we didn't bring yeah, anything to we'll, the table. We'll give you a hug. Okay.
1: Or What else can we do? I will agree with Mike the whole show. Oh my no.
2: Yes. Oh no! you oh, to no, say, say something
0: about my mom, and
1: yeah. I'm going to be like, Crap. No, "You said
0: it. No, can't man. take it back. I can't oh. wait. We're going to talk positive about Justin oh, Herbert man. the whole time.
1: You know what? You that's probably fair. I am definitely too harsh on Justin Herbert, and but something's going to come up, and he go. Yeah, Kevin, don't you think this about politics? And we're like, oh crap! Oh,
0: yeah. So you can get you can a, talk about the Marriage Act that just got. Oh my put god! Into place. Please
2: don't. You can get pictures, uh, potential autographs with three A snaps on there from Dutch, Mike, ourselves, uh, plus the the Dak Prescott helmet. And there's diamonds. Don't forget about all the diamonds. Are you tonight.
1: insinuating that we should ask Derek to bring up something else because he's always super? Terrible? I'm not
2: telling him. I'm not saying okay. that to him. You say that to him. You're good at asking people for things. That's a good point. Me, on the other <laughs> hand, no. I'll hit really,
0: really wear all your TCU gear if you can tomorrow, too, for Derek. Oh, my God. A TCU fan. TCU show up. I mean, honestly, you can get a Dak Prescott autographed helmet by just coming and saying hi to us.
2: Make your plans tomorrow to hang out with us for lunch, and somebody said, "Will Mike sign my slump buster.
0: Yeah. They make T-shirts.
3: Yep. The you the a
0: slump buster. <laughs> Did I tell you I asked my wife, I
1: said, do you think most or any girls know that they're slump busters or women? Excuse me. And she goes, probably not unless they're trying to bust their own slump, which I thought was an amazing and horrifying answer all in one. Coming up next, it's time for Gridiron Gravy. Insights into the rise of the Eagles and the fall of the Dolphins. We'll do it next right here on The Fan. Burks his back, he's looking, still looking, still looking. Now he's going deep to A.J. Brown, who catches it and walks in for a touchdown. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 through The Fan. I just want to let you know, I gave Joey the option of a good Eagles highlight or a bad Dolphins highlight, and he picked to spotlight the Eagles. This is true. Why do you hate the Cowboys, Joey?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do best. not.
1: I'm trying to jinx them, okay? The reverse jinx has well, usually like been working stars? lately, except yesterday.
0: They're going to win it all. <laughs> The yeah. quarterback's going to win MVP, probably MVP you know of the Super Bowl.
2: Never forget. Never forget. All right? Okay. That Joey the Jet, or Joey the Fan, as that's we right. now know him, once picked that the Eagles would lose a game this year. That's the only game they've lost. That's the only time he's picked them to that's lose a, a game this year.
1: We might so, need to call upon your mystic powers once again. We don't want to force it, though. I, that's I have point. to have a feeling. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right now, it's time to go, to go around the, the entire NFL and dip into some gridiron gravy, dip.
0: milk biscuits. When's the last time you had a biscuit? And then I'll. I would say of. in the last three weeks, I would say I've <laughs> had a biscuit. We get those Pillsbury, you know, put them in the oven for twelve to fifteen minutes. Our kids love those for breakfast in the morning. Did you just do
1: the Pillsbury yes. no boy Yes, laugh? I did. For most of my life, I look like the Pillsbury Doughboy, so, you know. I mean, it's been a while. It was look, one of those mornings I woke up. I've never made a
0: homemade biscuit.
1: If you wanted to?
0: Yeah, but I also think the Pillsbury biscuits are really are good, really too. Good. <laughs> so so <laughs> what's th- the point? Yeah. yeah, so there's times like I think my homemade cookies and other people's homemade cookies are way better than store-bought cookies. Okay. Like, I don't even think there's comparisons. But I do think there it's really tough once I put honey or jelly or gravy on a Pillsbury biscuit versus a homemade biscuit that there's a major difference. And there's probably biscuit lovers out there punching me in my sack right now. <laughs> I, do,
2: I like the flaky one, the one that it tears into the little flakes. Yeah, flakies. you can buy that Yeah, that's my favorite yeah, one. You can get home one.
0: style. You can get, you know, layered.
2: It was a while back, but it was Brahms. Uh, biscuit and gravy. Ooh, okay, like Brahms and Waterbury have great biscuits and sausage gravy.
0: Well, the reason why I brought up
1: the Eagles, or Joey played the Eagles in that clip, is there are some terrifying numbers for the Eagles outside of the Jalen Hurts, and that he is now ascended to MVP favorite. Like we talked about yesterday, is Philly leads the NFL in most turnovers forced. They also have the only defense with five players with at least five sacks. Hassan Reddick has 10. Brandon Graham has 8.5. Javon Hargrave has 8. Josh Sweat has 7.5. And and Fletcher Cox has 6. And Hassan Reddick has now recorded 10-plus sacks in three straight seasons. That is the second longest in the NFL currently behind only Miles Garrett. Then there's this. The Eagles have four of the 12 players to have three-plus turnovers caused this season by pressures, Hargrave and Graham, as well as Reddick and Sweat. So they're the only team with five sacks, and they have four of the top 12 in creating turnovers off of pressure. That defense can get some pressures and get you to make bad mistakes, which goes along with their offense. Yeah,
2: I think you make the great point there of... Their offense also forces that, too, because they're so good. You're chasing, Uh, and they they get points on the board pretty quickly, and then they stick to you the whole time, and then their defense is like, all right, like Darren Woodson told us the other night, we know we can do this because you're having to chase us with points. Cowboys can do that effectively, too, at times. It's just... Then you see the Texans game, and you are like, "Yeah." But again, Kevin, the nineteen ninety two Cowboys lost the did not score on every possession, right? Did not uh, complete every pass, and did not average ten yards per carry. So I am going to give them a little bit of, uh, "Hey, you know what? Go show me something now against Jacksonville."
1: Now, Mike brought up earlier on the third play of the game, Kyler Murray got hurt. They're doing further tests today, but by all accounts. There seems to be little doubt that he tore his ACL. Cliff Kingsbury even said in the post game that it doesn't look good. Plus, the Cardinals lost twenty-seven to thirteen. They're one in seven at home this year.
2: Mike, I know. Yesterday, I, I threw out Mac the, the Patriots as a team that needs a quarterback. He threw for lots of yards and one interception and no touchdowns. Like this, it's not. He's not doing Tom Brady stuff. You know, no, like he's he not reminds growing. me
0: of jimmy garoppolo but maybe like better than jimmy garoppolo but jimmy garoppolo wins too so i feel like he's like the next jimmy g but maybe a little bit better i don't want to knock i think a lot of people have a negative take of jimmy g they shouldn't it's not bad right it's just he gets hurt a lot the issue once again for san francisco is like that sob got hurt on us again and that's his whole career but if mac jones stays healthy i think he's going to win more than he loses and I I hate doing this because this brings up a whole nother thing, but I do it just because I love getting kicked in the nards. Isn't Mac Jones similar to Dak Prescott? Like, you get wins from yeah. him, but you're not completely satisfied by him. Wow. I like that. Yeah?
2: Dak doesn't completely satisfy no. you is what you agreed okay. to, agree to you, Kevin.
1: Well, the, you, I feel like you set me up, but... He's not a Snickers. I mean... I do agree with, well, I agree he's not a Snickers, but also I agree that for the fan base, he does not completely satisfy them. But I also think no effort by any quarterback in this franchise will satisfy the people unless it ends in a Super Bowl. And even then, not totally sure. More this divisive topic. Cowboys
2: quarterback, no matter who it is or whoever the president is, See, this is how difficult this is because, yeah,
0: nobody's happy with Dak. But I then guess. the other
2: side of it is,
0: half of the people are happy Man. with them. I think the president thing is way more divisive than quarterback. Wow, you can say Cowboys we don't, don't like Dak; read? he's not a top five quarterback, or he is. But people a top are five calling him
1: like a Nazi or anything right. like that. Yeah, right. okay, I get your. The uh, Antichrist
2: uh, is coming. Just remember, dude. There was a time when we could just say. Tony Romo, and yeah. then the fan text would just explode. Yeah. I, again, I hope you have on the run sheet soon. The Cowboys are
1: you interesting. You really want why. me to do I that? Do. To, okay. I, wanna, I, wanna, I
2: just want to read all the fan okay. text that day. Because it felt
1: sarcastic nope. when I got that email. I do. All right. Cole Beasley is also in that interesting category. He is unretiring to play football for the Buffalo Bills. What is your excitement level on a scale of one to a million? One, <laughs> I think that's where I'm at. Why'd you say one? Zero to okay, a million. Zero. I, will, zero.
2: <laughs> I I don't care about Cole Beasley. Yeah. That much. Uh, I, I, it's interesting that I mean they have a lot of weapons. Uh, do they do they need another one? Um, they I mean, they have a lot of weapons on that offense. So maybe it is interesting. But uh, not you at know
1: all. what, Corey, I made a wise decision in my brain. I almost made a joke that was going to be far more trouble than it was worth. All right, let's go from that. to proud of you. To, look, at that, look at that growth. i have already growing for the last hour. Is Don't mark that. Is, let's talk about the Dolphins and the downfall of the Dolphins. We've talked about the, I was going to say upswing, but just the continued excellence of the Eagles this year. Here's one of the reasons that the, the, the Dolphins have really started to stumble. First nine games of the season, two is completion percentage, 70%. Last two games, 46%. All right. In all five of their losses, they've scored seventeen or less points. That's not good fewer for them. Points, yeah, that's not
2: good for them.
1: So I Tua think if, has stumbled the last two weeks. So I know, Kevin, you
2: like to look at stats. I do like stats. You watched? Have you watched him play enough I lately? Have. have Are you seeing the things that we talked about going into the season that he needed to correct? That are like, oh yeah, no, that still exists. It
1: looks and and I know some people will say it also has to do with the Tyreek. Ankle injury. Hold on. The dude that was icing his
2: ankle and then came off the sidelines, unwrapped the ice, and ran for a 60-yard touchdown? That That, guy? Yeah. Okay. I'm not as inclined (laughs)
1: to believe that, but I do still think the accuracy or maybe the underthrow is an issue at times with Tua. Because
2: that can help help them in so many different ways. It changes their offense completely if he can get that ball downfield further, because then... They're they're scared of it, and that right now I don't really think people are that scared of that. You know what's crazy,
1: too, is he struggled with time to pass in this last game. I think it was like 3 of 14 with two and a half or more seconds in the pocket. So, even when he had time, they still weren't connecting on the offense. So, something to keep an eye out on there. All right. Got a quiz for you guys. I believe you're going to ace it. Travis Kelsey, the fifth tight end. Tight end. In. And it... <laughs> Point Mike. He did play, yeah. Travis. 87. Kelsey, the fifth tight end in NFL history with 10,000 yards. Can you tell me the other four?
2: Tony Gonzalez.
0: Hard-hitting Jason Witten. Correct. Correct.
2: Antonio Gates.
0: Correct. The guy that uh, Shannon Sharp, he got really, like, the old man. Skip Bayless? It's not, you had
1: it. It's, It's Shannon Sharp, not Skip Bayless. He said
0: he's not good at football. Hey, sometimes people on the same show are. we just named four, right? You uh-huh. did. You got them all. Algie it. Let's no,
1: keep going. you did it. The Kellen Winslow. No, what? The guy who said he's a soldier and then the, went to the Boston Market. His dad. Market? His dad. Oh,
0: okay. His dad. Okay. His dad
1: was <laughs> no, you got them all. I them. No, it. No, Travis Kelsey was the fifth one.
0: Gronk, Gronk.
1: He thinks the Cowboys sting. Greg Olson.
0: Ooh, that was a good call. No, it was not Doug a good Crosby. call. You already have
1: all the answers.
0: How are you possibly
1: still guessing? Jimmy Jackie Graham. Smith.
2: Jimmy Graham. Okay, you know Jason Witten.
1: We already said Jason Witten. What but are you, I'm Derek? just doubling down on it. He's Martellus this, yeah. Bennett.
0: <laughs> Vernon Davis. <laughs> Who's the guy that was really horrible that we took in the second round? Todd Heat. LaFleur. He was first round.
2: Um, <laughs> Jimmy Shockey.
0: The, the guy he... Uh, was back up for a little bit, and people would tell me, "No, he's going to be good." And I was like, "No, he's not."
2: Oh crap! Al oh.
0: Escobar, Escobar,
2: Gavin Escobar, oh, Gavin Escobar is right. no longer
1: with us. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, that's a bad joke. Delaney Walker. I guess that game is over. Dallas now. Clark. Yeah, you know what? Sure. Why not? All of the people that you named. Oh, you're being sarcastic now.
0: You know what? We have one more second to name another tight end. Corey Go. Oh, Dallas man. Goddard. <laughs>
2: It's not Dallas Goddard.
1: Go Dirt. Go, Go Dirt. The,
2: it's not him either.
1: We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, the signing of T.Y. Hilton and the aspects of the passing game that have to be fixed. We'll Anderson. do it next right here on 105.3 The Luck, Fan. Andrew Land. He doesn't even play
2: tight end. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way.